Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelier Jr., and joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless, I'm so happy to be here. My first Games Daily of 2023, and we're going to start it off right. This morning, I woke up, and so many people were hitting me up, DMing me, adding me, like Tim. Kenny Omega came out in New Japan Wrestling last night, mm -hmm. and you need to see his entrance. Oh, okay. And don't spoil anything. I don't, know, I don't know what this is, actually. Okay. Because you told me that you have a wrestling thing to show me. Oh, yeah. And I thought what you were going to show me was um, oh, the wrestler that uh, Cool Greg was. Really Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. Yes. Because she appeared she at did. New Japan Wrestling. She did. Shout out to Sasha Banks. Shout now in, in NJPW, she is Mercedes Monet. Cool Greg's very excited about it. Her first match going to be in San Jose. Cool Greg's going to oh. get to go there. So that's really exciting. But no, no, no. This, this is a different direction. This I is thought. a little bit more in our wheelhouse. So specifically right. that I don't want to watch this alone with y'all. So Roger Percorni, please come out here. I want Andy Cortez too, but he's not here yet. So we're off to show him later. Hi. How you doing, I'm Roger? Nervous. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I'm very excited. This is the dopest shit ever. If you guys aren't familiar with Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is one of the dopest wrestlers of all time. And he's a, a very big video game fan. Mm. So mm. without further ado, Kev, please hit play. The cleaner. The best bout machine. The belt collector. The belt collector is a dope ass title for a wrestler. Is this Final Fantasy? Yeah. Oh Listeners, he's using his uh, the video wall in the background to do like a one winged angel thing, and it looks incredible. And he's not done yet. Oh no, he does the thing, y'all. The Nibelheim oh fires, and he looks at the camera. That's awesome. This is so Holy dope. cow, dude. That's amazing. Walk it out to one winged fucking angel, bro. Dressed as Sephiroth with pyro going off. It even has the little hair thing. That is fantastic. Now I can't hear it clearly. Is, is the music also it is. playing? Oh my god. It is. That is it is. So Shout out thank to you. Omega. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for thank, thank you for showing me this this morning. I was I, not expecting that. I have no idea who this is, but like I'm all in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I'm all in. Is this Japanese wrestling? Yes. New okay. Japan. And can you watch it. this like oh, in yeah. America? Uh, well, not on TV, but yeah, yes, yeah. yes, you can get it. Okay. I yeah. think I'm down. I yeah. think I'm in. Yeah. I think I'm in. So thank oh you goodness. for that. Andy, you missed out. I feel like Andy, Andy Cortez would have popped the fuck Andy fuck Cortez off. is still in bed right now. That man's <laughs> just barely waking up. You know what I appreciate is the intersection between wrestling and gaming that I don't know what brings these two audiences together, but I see Xavier it all Woods. the time. Where It's what now? Xavier Woods. Is I mean, <laughs> Xavier Woods. No, real talk, though. Xavier and Xavier Kenny are, is the they're good friends. And like that it, makes it totally makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. But I see it all the time. Of like, I'll see screenshots of like wrestling promotions. But in the, in the audience, people will be holding up signs that are like Chrono Trigger is one of the best games of all time, right? Like people holding up nerdy shit. Yeah. And like, I, so many of the video game nerds I know in the industry are also very big wrestling nerds. Yeah. Case in point, Greg Miller. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a it all adds up when you think about it of like what we enjoy about both things. Like For there sure. is a lot of overlap there. So yeah. I, yeah. I'm I'm very proud to be in the the center of that Venn diagram myself. Tim, you helped you helped out uh, starting this episode with a great energy. Mm -hmm. Mr. Mitch George is going to do that same thing. Uh, Mr. Mitch George writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Actually, he doesn't. He writes in to kindoffunny.com slash kfgd, just like you can. It's been two weeks of not hosting this show is throwing me off to where I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how to do this thing anymore. Uh, Mr. Mitch George writes in and says, who would win in a fight between Miles Morales and Atreus? <laughs> Miles Morales and Atreus, who you got, to? Oh, I love that. This is a death battle we're all waiting to see. Oh, see, it's a good question because, like, immediately I think Miles Morales. I'm like, Atreus stands no chance. 
But then I think about it. Atreus isn't just a little boy. No. He, just, he looks like just a little boy. But he's I mean, so yeah. much more. He's a god. Yeah, he is. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think the answer has to be Atreus because of that. Although, I mean, he got that spider blood. And we've seen... We haven't seen Miles Morales take a close-to-death beating yet in the comics or shows or movies or anything. What in the way that we've seen Peter Parker get his, like, like oh, shit, he, this might be it. And in what some cases, die. What is the strength comparison between Peter Parker and Miles Morales? We is Miles as strong as Peter? We haven't seen like that. I, and I would say no, but mm-hmm. he has the little poison stinger stuff. So he has things that Peter doesn't. So it can kind of allow for some mm. uh, advantages there. I feel like Miles would have the element of surprise over, over Peter. Of like Peter not fully understanding the arsenal that Miles can deal with. Mm-hmm. But Miles going up against a literal god. Because here's the thing, right? You know, Atreus is strong. Mm-hmm. He's a god. He's not as strong as Kratos. And so there's that. The, when, I, when I'm thinking of the, the power scaling, I, I go back to Infinity War. And mm-hmm. saying what like, Peter Parker, there are moments in Infinity War where Peter Parker is like, you know, matching up Thanos a little bit in strength. Not all the time, but, like, there are times where he's, like, you know, pulling, pulling him back, like, holding him down, doing, yeah. doing things like that. And so, like, if Miles Morales has comparable strength, and now I'm doing, now I'm, I'm, I'm like, leaping and stretching, but, like, yeah. I feel Mr. like Fantastic. Thanos to Kratos, I feel like there's probably some, some comparison but there. If, if I may, I'd like to remind you, like, in God of War 2, there's a lot of moments where Atreus goes to move a boulder that's, like, in the way, and he needs help every time, mm. right? You know what I mean? So, like, but, I feel like Miles could probably move it. That's a pretty damn yeah. good point. In an arm wrestle, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I might go Miles. I think Miles might actually be technically stronger uh-huh. than Atreus. So there's that. But in terms of, like, who would win in a fight? Now, okay, this is an important thing to clarify. Mm. Does winning in a fight mean you just win the fight ding ding or just winning the fight mean that motherfucker's dead because mm. if it's a fight to the death i think i go atreus if it's just a fight i go miles mm. here's what i'll say right because i don't i don't view it as a fight to the to the death because there's plenty of fights that happen in real life that don't don't end up in death uh so i'll just do a regular fight right and that being the case i'm giving strength to miles i think i'm also i think i'm giving combat knowledge to atreus I feel like be, oh, be, yeah. being trained by Kratos goes a long way. Yeah. Kratos himself is a soldier. Kratos himself has been doing this for years and years. I feel like that. I, I, I feel like Atreus has the leg up. He was raised but, in that shit. Yeah, show. but he wasn't raised in the same way that, that uh, Kratos was trained. Like, we, like, we know that, right? Like, that's, for I feel sure. Like there's a lot of moments where he talks, or Kratos is talking about, like, I would never put my son through that. Yeah, so, but he was, he was still raised with, with Kratos being his dad. Whereas. Miles was raised with Jefferson Davis being his dad. <laughs> and Jefferson Davis, like, in comics is very, very different than even into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not a, like, it's, it's, it's just different. I mean, he's got Peter Parker to trade him to. Like, who's, who's yeah. going to be the better Although trainer? Although in the comics, he Peter was, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. member in his past. There's some weird shit. I don't know. I and, don't like, know. And here's the thing, right? From there, we hop into powers and abilities. Mm-hmm. On the Miles Morales side, we got, of course, Web. We got Turning Invisible. We yeah. got the Venom. Uh-huh. Those are, you know, those are substantial abilities on the Atreus. On the, not, Atreus can turn into a bear. And that's the thing. Atreus <laughs> can turn into a bear, which I think, which I think should be taken into account. Like, like there's no way that, that, that Miles can't just kill a bear if he needed to. You know what I mean? I, you know what? You're probably right. I probably agree with that. So I think overall I'm, I'm going Miles. I think I'm going Miles. I think Miles beat Atreus' ass. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, you, you take this one, Atreus. We'll find out next time if you if you can come back for round two. There you go. Tim, enough about all that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Last of Us news, PSVR 2 news, and more news, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and a week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad-ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, Game of the Year is happening uh, this Monday. We're going live right here on YouTube and Twitch at 10 a.m. Pacific time with 
a live games cast counting down kind of funny's game of the year you don't want to miss it and speaking of games cast a new games cast is up today and it's the precursor to game of the year our best of 2022 awards we award our personal picks for best moment best story best style and more that is up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games almost two hours a banger episode. A, a lot banger of content episode. in that one. It was a, it was a, a great conversation with between all of us. And guess what, Tim? Mm. The game of the year festivities don't stop there because the Blessing Show is back next week with a brand new episode wrapping up 2022 with my non-game of the year awards. The only award show with a category dedicated to Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, that'll be up on Tuesday, the day after Kind of Funny's Game of the Year on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games at, at 9 a.m. Pacific time as a YouTube premiere. So stay tuned for that. And then speaking of big events, we're doing a Kind of Funny Day stream this Friday to kick off the year. That is happening on Twitch and YouTube right after KFGD on Friday. Tim, how hyped should we be for that one? Um, I think it's going to be a very, very, very fun stream. Don't expect announcements. I've seen some people like talking about that. No announcements or anything. We're just hanging out. Going to have a good time playing some games. What games we're playing? Got to talk to Kev later about some mm. technical things. Oh. But we have some something that people have wanted for a very, very, very long time. Oh. It harkens back to some of the earlier days of us streaming. Not the earlier days of Kind of Funny, but mm. the earlier days of the streams of Kind of Funny. Back in the 2020 era. I have no idea what you're talking era. about, but now I'm like, I'm very excited. Are we, fi are we finally playing through Metal Gear Solid 5? No, no, no. Oh, no, damn it, no. damn it. Not, not damn one it. of those. Not one of those. Oh, man, I got excited. Yeah. Tim, you know what I was talking, about, I was talking about last night? I was streaming some FIFA, as I've been doing a lot lately for some reason, and Smash came up, mm -hmm. and somebody was like, who at KF is the best at Smash? Mm. And a lot of people in chat were saying Tim Gettys, and I was like, <laughs> I've not played a, enough Smash exactly, exactly. at KF, but I feel like I could take on Tim Gettys. I, I, I want it on the record. I would never, ever claim that I'm the best at Smash in any given group ever. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the hell out of Smash. I'm pretty damn good at Smash. I would not say I'm great. I do think I could beat everyone here at Kind of Funny in smash mm. not reliably but consistent that, I mean, like, like here's the thing that sounds like a motherfucking challenge no thing. no no it doesn't I, it sounds like a challenge to me i have beat you before and i beat you before that's what i'm saying and that's i feel like i'm gonna beat you more times though i don't know i don't know about that but uh, but even then that i i wouldn't i wouldn't Tim, be can you take on nick that he's well, getting under your skin that's the thing that gets in my head nick beats me very 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 often that's what mm -hmm. i'm saying i i don't even think i'm the challenge here Mm. Kevin busted in the fucking room <laughs> yeah, in the most clean <laughs> bad way. Like, holy second, shit, like is, is, does Kevin have something to say? Does Kevin, Kevin have like late Kevin, abilities? Kevin, it's the, the Smash Brothers character now. <laughs> I'm just like Kevin challenges. Here's the thing: I don't know if Snowbike Mike's listening to the show. Actually, he's not because he's off getting a haircut. Mm -hmm. Mike, if you go back and listen to the vod of the show and you're hearing my voice right now, what I need you to do is put Smash Brothers on the fucking calendar for Friday because I want to throw down. Yeah, because I don't like these words that are coming out of Tim Getty's mouth. Because I will destroy Tim Gettys and some Smash Brothers. All right, Are you fucking right. kidding me? All right. If, actually, if you're watching this right now, if you're in chat, I need you to just tweet at Snowbike Mike. Tell him Smash is on for Friday. Well, I'm, talking, I'm already backing out of this challenge. This is what I'm talking about. The cowardice of Tim Gettys. I got other plans on Friday. What are you doing on Friday? I don't know. We got to speed. We literally just told the, the world that we have a stream happening. The kind of funny day stream. You're telling me you're gone on Friday? I might be part of the whole first part of the stream. Not smash. We'll have to figure this out, you know. But maybe, maybe I can make it. I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna find know. out. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. And then, lastly, for housekeeping for those on Patreon, you can celebrate all of the 2023 holidays with kind of funny with our year at a glance calendar featuring art from the one and only at Visenia underscore Designs. It's so good. I the this Nick is so good. Nick is disturbing me. This is this is maybe the most I've ever been. I've ever felt uncomfortable with something Nick related. Really. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, this is just another Wednesday to me. If you're an audio listener, I implore you to come over to the video version, see what Kevin has on screen right now. It is the visual of the art, and the art is fantastic. Shout out to Visenia Designs for going off on this one. This is wild. Me working on something. It looks like maybe a stream deck as I'm being thrown at someone. I think I think I'm being thrown at you, Bless. I Bye, Greg. Am I <laughs> Fighting for a Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, of course, it has me at the front as the the prime queen, the prime king of Halloween with Greg in the background as like the low-key uh, king of Halloween, uh, even though we've retired those titles. Uh, now the, that title, I believe, belongs to uh, Janet Garcia. I think that's yes, who we gave yes. it to. Uh, and so congratulations, Janet, on that title. But yeah, go check that out, patreon.com, if you want to get access to that art. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by Honey, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be 
the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one. Naughty Dog has some Last of Us news for us. This comes from a blog post written by Neil Druckmann. Whoa. The Last of Us fans, a very happy new year to all of our players. We here at Naughty Dog couldn't be more excited to jump into 2023, as it marks an important milestone for the Last of Us franchise. We're so proud to share that the entire The Last of Us franchise has sold through more than 37 million copies globally as of December 2022, and is continuing to reach new and old players every day. To know that Joel, Ellie, and our whole cast of characters have been experienced and loved by so many of you drives the entire studio forward. Even as it turns 10 years old, it feels like The Last of Us has only just begun. And this busy year will certainly show why. After The Last of Us Part 1's successful launch on PlayStation 5 last year, we can't wait to bring you the PC version of the game in March, or on March 3rd. We'll have more information on the PC version's features and specs ahead of its launch. I'm going to stop there for a second and ask Tim, can you, can you believe that it's been 10 years since The Last of Us? No, man. That flies. I, I remember being excited for The Last of Us. Like, that's why yeah. to think about. I like, remember the debut trailer oh, at, at Game, Game Awards. Awards yeah, yeah, being like, oh, what is this? Like, oh, Naughty Dog? And then you see the post-apocalyptic thing, and you're like, oh, this looks sick as yeah. hell. And here we are. It was sick as hell. And here, Yeah, and here we are. Uh, going back to the blog post, we're looking ahead to The Last of Us' 10th anniversary in June, and we're so excited to share more with you about the future of this franchise. We'll have some fun surprises for you along the way, but later this year, we'll begin to offer you some details on our ambitious The Last of Us multiplayer game. With a team ambitious. led... Ambitious. let's go. With a team led by Vinit uh, Agarwal, uh, Joe Pedinati, and Anthony Newman, the project is shaping up to be a fresh, new experience from our studio, but one rooted in Naughty Dog's passion for delivering incredible stories, characters, and gameplay. We first shared concept art of the project with you last year, and we hope this new piece of co- concept art below further excites you for what our team is working on. Kevin, if you're able to scroll down, I want to I want to show off the concept art to uh, Tim and the audience because uh, this kind of harkens back to Summer Games Fest where we got the first clip of them like running around. They're like staying on a building. You saw the top down look of San Francisco. Uh, the new concept art you see like an abandoned is that a yacht? It looks Bruce like a ship. yacht, a cruise ship in the background. That is not a yacht. Sorry. <laughs> I get to up. I get to up. <laughs> We got a cruise ship in the background that's all dilapidated and shit. It looks cool. Tim, you fucking with this cruise ship? <laughs> you motherfucker. You here confusing a yacht for a cruise ship for a yacht. I mean, you, you're like, this, you're like yeah, you're like, oh man, there's that dope ass San Francisco. See this, blah, blah, blah. It's cool. It's cool. You know, this is the last one. It looks like the last one. Where's this energy coming from? I don't know, man. It's too I would expect you to be like, fuck yeah. But like, I, I get it is just concept art but like yeah just say, it's cool it's cool <laughs> i think the thing is that like back in june we got the first concept art and it's like oh let's go all right like yeah. now i'm like all right it's the second it's the second picture it's more it, it's more of what to expect from the last of us factions and it's, it's a cruise ship this time yeah cool i imagine cool. that there's gonna be some death matches on that cruise ship i don't know <laughs> i need to know what the game is all right neil uh and then to uh, to uh, finish out the article and of course the last of us tv adaptation will be premiering on hbo and hbo max in just a few days uh january 15th knowing that the television television series will be a thrilling moment for old and new fans alike and of course for all of us here at naughty dog we thought it was an excellent time uh, we thought this was an excellent time to reflect on the incredible work of our developers at naughty dog or that the, our incre- incredible developers at naughty dog have accomplished over the course of the last of us shows season we'll have an exciting inside look uh into the into the original the last of us part one and its adaptation to television with exclusive interviews and behind the scenes looks uh, at the process in order to offer you a deeper appreciation for the work that went into into your favorite characters locations and moments hell yeah dude i love it can't wait can't believe we're this close to the show and by all accounts it's going to be amazing like 11 I, days away 11 days like we got the runtime of episode one and it's a movie y'all like How i forgot exactly it's like something like an hour and 30 minutes or hour 20 minutes or something like it's like legit crazy and imagine what that episode's gonna entail I right. mean, yeah, we already they're know. about to bring the heat. It's about to be incredible. I'm super excited for that. Um, so proud of Neil and the boys over there for making it all happen. And, and all of this stuff is cool. I like that we're, they're talking about factions. They're gearing up, giving us more info on when we're going to hear about it. Obviously, getting just random concept art isn't the most exciting thing, but they're packaging it because they're promoting the show. This all makes sense. Dropping the numbers for the success of the franchise overall. Hyping up the fact that the PC version's coming out soon. Yo, there's a lot of Last of Us. And like, yeah. I feel like that's... It's not something that we would have expected five years ago, even like we there was the question of will there be a part two? 
You know, it kind of felt like Last of Us could have been a one-and-done project that just was what it was. And personally, I'm really happy that it turned into where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, reading through this blog post, this feels like the full realization of what PlayStation has been building to in terms of finding finding their biggest IP and figuring out how to create all sorts of content around it, right? Last of Us Part Two came out years ago at this point, right? It came out in 2020. We're in 2023, and I'm looking, I'm looking down at the year, and I'm like... There's so much Last of Us, right? You got, again, you got The Last of Us Part 1 coming to PC. You got The Last of Us TV show. You got info on factions coming out soon. And, like, will factions come out in 2023? I think there's a chance that that could happen. And if so, like, that might mark maybe one of the biggest years for The Last of Us, right? And you're not getting a mainline Last of Us game. That's really impressive and also just really exciting for the franchise, but also exciting for where PlayStation's going. You know, you look at Horizon. We got the Horizon DLC, Burning Shores, coming out. We also got her- the Horizon VR game coming out next Horizon month. TV show. We got the Horizon TV show announced, right? And that's going to come out soon. Uh, and so, yeah, like, this feels like the this feels like what PlayStation's been building to a lot, uh, especially this generation, as, as they've been talking about things like TV, like multiplayer, like uh, uh, VR games, right? Expanding, exp- <clears throat> excuse me, expanding that IP. For you, I'll ask the question of, do you think this might be the biggest year for The Last of Us? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't even think that that's a question. This, so here we are, 37 million copies sold of The Last of Us franchise, and they're telling this as of December 2022. We know that PlayStation only drops numbers when they're very fucking impressive, of course, right? Yeah. And they come out there, they're able to use that number to promote the next thing to kind of build the story of the PlayStation brand and ethos. I bet you that we get another update next year on these numbers. And it's rare that you get these type of franchise updates year after year. But because Last of Us is about to have the year it's going to, we're going to get an update. And that update is going to be insane. Because not only is it going to include the PC numbers of Last of Us Part 1 remake, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, which we've already kind of got an idea that that could add millions, right? We've seen it with God of War, with Horizon, with uh, Spider-Man coming to PC. I don't know if we've got an actual data for all of those. But for what we have, we know they've done very, very well. They're in the top charts on Steam and all that stuff. So that's going to add a bunch of millions. Then the HBO show is going to get so much new interest, like we've seen now with Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk like we've Witcher. seen with Witcher. Like we are such broken records because it's just happening. Like there's this, this is the new, new thing now. It's the new thing, and it's building. You know, Guess like you what? look at Super Mario, Super Mario movie. Come and on, how man. well is that going to do for it's, the Mario franchise? And like that, that is a weirder one because everyone knows Mario. Like I don't want to get too into this, but over the break there was so much discourse about the interviews and the promotion that. Craig, um, Craig Mason, Mason, and all them we're talking about, and like, yeah, taking out of context, even in context, some of the things as gamers, we roll our eyes, and you're like, you're really acting like The Last of Us is like the first video game that wasn't Pong, but the reality is, to the HBO audience, that's the truth. Andy Cortez told a story uh, on the KF podcast that this week or two weeks ago for a break, he went home and showed his sister-in-law, his mom, his dad the opening of Last of Us Part One. And then the opening of God of War Ragnarok. I just played it in front of them. And their minds were blown because they didn't know that's what video games are. That is the more common person out there than people like us or even people a tenth of us with their understanding of video games. Last of Us being a premier flagship HBO series coming out is going to change the narrative and understanding of video games. Yeah. And like, it's so fascinating to see that I think we're already at the place of the um the reaction to that where i swear on god i swear to god on this show every couple weeks there's a new story from the hollywood reporter of a new video game adaptation being announced right like last year we talked about uh toe jam and earl (laughs) getting an adaptation it was a gran turismo movie uh, movie happening most importantly uh twisted metal twisted metal baby coming to peacock Peacock. let's go like that is happening more and more and more and more and i think that is the reaction of seeing so much success with adaptations. Of course, comic book adaptations with things like the MCU, but now even video game adaptations with things like uh, Pokemon, things like Sonic the Hedgehog, and that's happening more and more. And I think there's a very good chance that The Last of Us is maybe the premier version of that, Mm -hmm. maybe the best version of that we, we get so far. And, like, of course, the comments made by by Craig Mazin or whatever, I'd, like, throw... For me, I'm like, dude, you know, uh, in terms of the reaction to that, you don't really have to be... You don't, you don't have to be press trained on how to talk about video games in order to make a good TV show, right? Like, of course, like, of course, it'd be nice if he if he had a better understanding of what adaptations have been over the last few years or over the last decade, right? But I, I don't think for me that changes the fact that the Last of Us TV show is very exciting. And to your point, 
yeah, like last week's TV show is going to expose so many more people uh, to The Last of Us as a franchise and maybe get a lot of people into video games because I think that's how that has been working uh, with a lot of these bigger adaptations. And so let's go. I'm very excited about it. And I'm very excited for factions, yeah. you know, and the way that you're talking about numbers and, and what is The Last of Us TV show going to do for people showing up to buy The Last of Us Part 1 and The Last of Us Part 2 with factions coming out as an ambitious multiplayer game that Naughty Dog is talking about in terms of, yeah, we're, we're you know, infusing Naughty Dog story and narrative and all this stuff, right? I'm so curious and so excited to see what that looks like. And if they nail that, if they nail that to the fullest extent of Naughty Dog's ability, think about how the TV show is going to play into that. Yeah. Oh, man, I can play, I, I can be in this world with my friends and hang out and probably get content updates and do all these things again that's a lot of work and who knows if it's going to work who knows if it's going to be all the way quality that um that it needs to be but there's a good chance that it can be and if it is oh my god that's going to do numbers for playstation i mean dude like last thing i want to say on this it's a silly thing but the fact that he said it's ambitious i'm like Ooh, okay mm -hmm. that's saying something that's neil Druckmann talking about a naughty dog multiplayer game this is not just a side little project or whatever it's an ambitious naughty dog game what's it gonna look like i can't wait I can't wait. Speaking of ambitious Naughty Dog games, story number two, Neil speaks on Lastless Part 3. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann has seemingly hinted at plans for a third entry in his Last of Us series. While not confirming if The Last of Us Part 3 is coming out or not, series director and co-writer Druckmann told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, I think there's more story to tell, end quote. Druckmann said in April 2021 that a story outline had been written for a potential third game in a series, but that it wasn't currently being developed. Tim, of course, there's more story to tell. Of course, and I'm happy for it, man. Like, do, you think I, we're, do you think we'll get that story is the question? Yes, we, we are getting The Last of Us 3. We just, bless, were you here for the last 10 minutes conversation we just had? Fair. We're getting The Last of Us Part 3. And what excites me is these teams really give a shit. It, these projects are not going to be shat out. They're just simply not. And I think factions will be the biggest test of that. But again, the fact that they're, they're trying to make it ambitious. They know what they have. They know what they, they can't fuck up here. It needs to be good. Last of Us 3, I think, is going to be a slam dunk, and I think we're going to get it, and I think it's going to be just as good as the first two. Yeah, I think it comes down to the way in which Neil and the Naughty Dog team talk about The Last of Us versus other franchises, where Uncharted, there's a sense of finality with Uncharted, right? Uncharted 4 literally being called a thieves' end, I think, kind of puts a stamp on, hey, we are, as Naughty Dog, this is our, this is our final version of this, right? Of course, they get Lost Legacy too, but in terms of Nathan Drake's story, there's a finale, finality to it where if we get another Uncharted... I would kind of expect it to be done by another studio. Last of Us feels so much like it's still active, like it's still in action, right? We talk about, again, the multiplayer game and all this stuff happening. I think Last of Us Part 3 is a slam dunk. For me, it's not a question of if, but a question of when. Because I still think, right, you look at Naughty Dog and what they're doing, and of course, we have the multiplayer game that takes a lot of resources, that takes a lot of time. Are we going to get that later this year? Are we going to get that next year? Are we going to get that further off? Hopefully not, but like, are we going to get that further off? That, that being the case, after that, what is happening? Is it going to be a new IP? I think all things point to a new IP. If that's the case, would Last of Us Part 3 be after that? And if so, are we looking at PlayStation 6 for The Last of Us Part 3? Maybe. Probably. And honestly, I don't mind <laughs> mind it because like, I'm down to wait, especially if uh, Last of Us Factions is, is a banger. But yeah, like you know, I forget if I read it in the article or if this is part of the article that I cut out. But like somewhere in there, they talked about how... Um, Earlier, last year, Druckmann mentioned that, like, yeah, we've not started any sort of development on Last of Us Part 3, which makes sense. And that being the case, right, for a game that would be as ambitious as The Last of Us Part 3, oh, that's going to be years and years away. Yeah. I mean, I see a couple of people in the chat. Uh, it's gone now, but somebody specifically just said, man, they're going to run Last of Us into the ground. The reality is we've only had two games. Yeah. And everything we're talking about here is a TV show adaptation of those games and a multiplayer game coming out and a potential third game. If that's running a franchise into the ground, I don't know if you're familiar with video games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to how you manage these things and make sure that they stand out from each other. Because, yeah, I think talking about a third game coming out years and years from now, possibly be, being a P PlayStation 6 game, I don't look at that as running it into the ground, and it comes back to look at Mario and how many Marios you I mean, get look at in a generation. Look at Uncharted. But in the way, the, one of the reasons why Mario doesn't feel like it's running into the ground is because they give us all these different versions of Mario. Last of Us, I think you have the option here to give us different versions of Last of Us with multiplayer and single player. Horizon, you have the opportunity to give us different versions with single player, multiplayer, and VR, and a TV show, right? But it doesn't feel like you're, you know, it, do it doesn't feel like you're oversaturating the space. It feels like you are maximizing that IP in a way that I don't mean that in the most marketing way because that sounds like a really marketing term, but 
I think it's reality of, hey, we want this IP to be as big as possible. How do we continue to give our audience ways to interact with it and consume this IP without it feeling like a we're annualizing it, right? We're doing the Activision thing of yeah. what we did with Tony Hawk or Call of Duty or anything. Thing, like, yeah, no. Tim, mm-hmm. let's talk about PlayStation VR 2 with story number three. PSVR 2 will be showcased at Sony's CES 2023 press conference. This is Armina Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle. A PSVR 2 showcase has been scheduled for later today during Sony's Consumer Electronics Show 2023 press conference. CES is primarily a technology event geared towards industry players as opposed to the general public. But PSVR 2's presence at the show holds significance for players as it comes just ahead of its February launch. Sony CES 2023 press conference will be live streamed on YouTube at 5 p.m. Pacific time today, January 4th. Interestingly, Sony Honda Mobility will also join the stage. A joint venture for electric vehicles between Sony and Honda, the partnership seeks to compete with Tesla. Sony recently indicated that it might put PS5s in Honda's electric vehicles to compete with Elon Musk's company, which recently added Steam integration (laughs) to its vehicles. Separately, there's some wild speculation that Sony will, will show the rumored PS5 Slim or Pro at the event, but we wouldn't hold our breath for that one. Tim, you ready to drive and play your PS5? Yeah. You think? You, oh man, you think there's gonna be like Gran yeah. Turismo functionality where you use your mm-hmm. your actual actual steering wheel to drive the Gran Turismo car? I mean, honestly, I would not be surprised if that ends up happening. That sounds like some Gran Turismo ass shit to do. I'm excited to see what this looks like. Like, I love CES, man. Shit's wild. I love the fact that we see all this prototype stuff that's never actually gonna happen, but we're starting to hit a point. The things are just happening. Like, mm. the things that they were talking about, we'll see. I'll never forget. And Kev, me and Kev talk about this all the time. There was a, a beautiful moment in, like, 2008 or something where we went to a Best Buy in San Francisco, and they had the world's first OLED display. It was 12 mm-hmm. inches. And we looked at that, and it was just, like, a fun prototype of the future of what might happen. We and, were so excited. And we were, like, we so, were so, so stoked like, on it. This is crazy. And Look C- how bright it is. CES was like, one day, this will be a thing. And we're like, well, sure, I'll fucking believe it when I see yeah. it. Here it is. We're there. I think I remember, I remember having that same moment with 4K where I walked into a Best Buy or like a Sam's Club and saw 4K TVs in, uh, displaying. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to have this in my house. Mm-hmm. And now I got it in my house, Tim. You got in your house, I Blast. Got in my house. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. I love CES. Uh, I'm excited that Sony's having a press conference and like that they're streaming it. Sometimes it can be really boring. Yeah. So I wouldn't expect this to be like what we expect from a PlayStation showcase or something. It is not what that is. This is a way more businessy focused thing. But the fact that they are focusing it around the PSVR 2, which remember, this is, if I remember correctly, where they announced the PSVR. Uh, that sounds they've been right. using their CES and the, the, I think it was the first time we saw the PS5 logo, logo yeah. and like just like random little things like that but being this close to um, the launch of PSVR 2 we might get a more the most exciting Sony CES that we've ever had on the PlayStation side of things tonight you think so? I mean I don't think it's going to be a, a hard a hard, uh, hard across that's but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I hope so I hope that PSVR 2 gets at least some sort of hype tonight right because like i think that's the thing that's, that's been missing sorely from psvr2's uh mar- marketing rollout where right where it's coming out next month mm-hmm. and i couldn't tell you why i'm excited about that thing right like i'm i right now when i look at the game's lineup i look at horizon call of the mountain and i'm like oh that seems really cool and then that's where i that's where i tap out in terms of things to look forward to on uh, for psvr2 and I have the doubt that there's going to be that much more shown tonight. Like, it seems like tonight might be the final, hey, like, reintroducing you guys to PSVR 2. These are the cool features it has. These are some of the games that are going to be on it. All right, see you next month. Like, I don't, I don't think this is going to be the big blowout. And I, at this point, I don't think there's going to be a big blowout. <laughs> at this point, I don't even know if there's going to be a state of play. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at with PSVR 2. Yeah, Ben. Uh, I think there will be. But, I mean, I'm with you that I don't think it's going to be a game changer. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I want to love VR. I really do. Let me tell you about the MetaQuest. Yeah, the only the main thing that sucks about it is the Facebook integration. But aside from that, being wireless, yeah. playing, playing some Among Us, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, playing some Beat Saber in there, I love it. it's great. That said, I haven't touched that thing in a while. I mean, I have one of those. Same thing. Yeah, I don't have it actually. I like borrowed kind of funnies at some point and played it for a bit during the pandemic, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, the uh, PS5 Slim slash Pro speculation seems interesting. I doubt it. I don't know why. It doesn't feel like the right time. I mean, it, look, I doubt it, 
But if it happened pro, I don't think so. Slim, mm. a different version of PS5. A different skew. I honestly would not be surprised. I think, if anything, them talking about putting PS5s in cars, while that is weird speculation and like we'll see what that actually looks like and if it's full ps5 or if it's some weird version of it or like streaming or something um that can change it but like we're still at a point where people just can't readily buy ps5s so i can imagine a skew if they figure it out oh if we do it this way instead of this way we can actually put more on shelves why wouldn't they mm. put it out there that makes sense tim i'll let people out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey's the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past, and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites. When you check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. We here at Kind of Funny have been using Honey for years, and it has literally saved us thousands of dollars on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out, and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. Story number four. Steam users give Cyberpunk 2077 the Labor of Love Award. This is from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Cyberpunk 2077 has been given the Labor of Love Award at the Steam Awards 2022. Steam published the winners of its player-voted awards, and while Elden Ring took the overall Game of the Year position, Cyberpunk 2077 also made an appearance in what's essentially the most improved game category. Up against No Man's Sky, Deep Rock Galactic, Dota 2, and Project Zomboid, Cyberpunk 2077's stream of post-launch uh, updates uh, and fixes was seemingly enough to push it over the top. The game has undergone somewhat of a resurgence since its incredibly rocky launch that did mostly affect consoles. Thanks to these improvements and further excitement brought on by Netflix's cyberpunk edge runners anime series. Quote, this game has been out for a while. The team is well past the debut of their creative baby, but being the good parents they are, these devs continue to nurture and support their creation, reads the award synopsis. Quote, this game to this day is still getting new content after all these years. End quote. Tim, over the break, I watched... I watched a lot of anime. Yeah. One of those anime being Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh -huh. Funny enough, I started it when it first came out, but I actually never finished it. So I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to go back. I'm going to rewatch re the whole thing. I did it in two sittings. And let me tell you, that is a masterpiece of a show. It's so cool. Incredible. It's fantastic. And yeah, good for Cyberpunk. Like, I, Dude, this is proof that no matter how bad things are, yep. it can get better. Wild. Who the fuck would have thought that No Man's Sky... And Cyberpunk 2077 yep. would have any type of redemption story. Like it's it's pretty insane. I bet you you could find footage of me and you saying that there's no chance this happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but here we are. And like, you know, it's not gonna win over everybody, but getting a labor of love award, I just think that's an even cool thing that exists. Oh, for like, sure. shout out from to the, you. from the audience. <laughs> from too. the audience. I think that's the thing that's yeah. more impressive. Like if it was cool. from Steam, cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like if no. the audience voted and people being like no, man, like we play, we're playing this game and we're loving it and we love it so much that we're going to give it an award for updates and content and like being a game that is living and thriving years past this launch, a launch that was chaotic and terrible, right? Like, you know, good on them, good for them, and also good for the future of both CD Projekt and for the future of Cyberpunk because yep. on CD Projekt side, Late last year, they announced all these plans they have for The Witcher, for Cyberpunk, for collaborations they have with different companies to make even more games, A Witcher Remake, all these things. You know, like, that's, those are big, ambitious plans that have to be backed up by quality that you've already done. And Cyberpunk being the last thing that you, would, you had done, I think, would fill a lot of people with worry, except for the fact that now we're at a place where people can, be, can confidently go, no, this is a great game. Yeah. Like, no, I played Cyberpunk 2077 and had a good time, which bodes super well for CD Projekt, but then also for Cyberpunk as a franchise, because up, up next, we got the Phantom Liberty DLC, right? That's coming out sometime this year, and that's going to be the last big, and I think the only big, actually, uh, expansion for Cyberpunk. People are going to show up for it now, right? because be the game is actually quality. Yeah, and I think that it's going to have, obviously, a very different tone going in of expectations, and I think, I, I think that they're going to be met. And shout out to CD Projekt Red. 
this is all awesome. They they did the thing and they're continuing to do it. I think that's the most important part is that putting in the work and making a project that we've all we're so excited for actually live up to at least enough of the expectations, right? Like I feel yeah. like it, there is a point where Cyberpunk felt like a, a dream game where the hype was too of high course. to ever actually even be met. But like good on them for for getting there. Will Anthem ever have this type of research? I mean, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the answer is no. That thing's yeah, already know, shut down. But I would love a future where we do get that. I mean, maybe with the Iron Man game. You know, EA is working on an Iron Man game. Hopefully, they put the Anthem flying tech into that. That'd be good enough for me because that's the thing I liked about that game is flying. Uh, let's hop into story number five. Wizards of the Coast has reportedly canceled several projects. This is Jordan Midler at IGN. Wizards of the Coast has reportedly canceled several unannounced video game projects. That's according to Bloomberg, which claims that the publisher known for its Dungeons & Dragons tabletop games is scaling back its commitment to its video games. The company previously claimed it had seven or eight video games in the pipeline. Wizards of the Coast is still committed to using digital games, a a spokesman told Bloomberg in a statement, adding that the company has, quote, made some changes to to our long-term portfolio to focus on games which are strategically aligned with developing our existing brands and and those which show promise in expanding or engaging our audience in new ways, end quote. According to Bloomberg, Other Side Entertainment and Hidden Path Entertainment were both working on video game projects for Wizards of the Coast. However, it's unclear if either of those developers' games were affected by this cancellation. Other Side Entertainment, the current home for Deus Ex creator Warren Spector, was reportedly working on an immersive sim. However, not much is known about the project. Hidden Path was working on a large-scale open-world game set in the Dungeons & Dragons universe, it is claimed. Wizards of the Coast's next big video game release is Baldur's it says Baldur's Date, but I think they mean Baldur's Gate. Three, <laughs> Baldur's Date is an entirely different game. Uh, a fantasy role-playing game set in the Dungeons & Dragons universe. It's currently in early access with a full release date planned uh, for August 2023. Does this do anything for you? No, but it's not surprising. And I think at the end of the day, it's good news. Like I feel like there, there was, there's been a lack of focus over there for a while. And them kind of honing in on what's working and getting that stuff right. Because from what I hear from people I know... There's a lot of problems even with like the magic games. And mm-hmm. so fixing those, I think, should be the priority over putting out a bunch of different projects. And Dungeons and Dragons has been gaining a, a level of mainstream understanding over the last 10 years that wasn't there before, thanks mm-hmm. to things like Critical Role and all the many, many, many other popular um, like tabletop role, t- playing. tabletop role playing shows and, and content. Uh, and on top of that, next early, not next year, next month. <laughs> I think we're getting a Dungeons and Dragons movie that so far Wait, really? <laughs> looks good. Yeah. yeah. Next month? Oh yeah. Oh man. Maybe next maybe two months, but it's February or March, but um I think it's March third, maybe. But whatever. Do you see the trailer for that? No, I'm not seeing the trailer. It it doesn't it looks it looks fun. This looks fine. It looks fun. fun? Okay. Yeah. Like it I don't give a shit about Dungeons and Dragons. Watching this trailer, I was like, there's not a chance this is gonna be entertaining. I was like, this is entertaining. Wow. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, to your point, right? Yeah, uh, D and D and tabletop role playing in general has has gained such a popularity in the last what ten to fifteen years with podcasts and and, and other things, and so it'd be nice to see more Dungeons and Drag- Dragons like official content being expanded into more mediums. I was funny enough. I, I think I didn't realize with Ball <laughs> with Baldur's Gate slash Baldur's Gate um, <laughs> when they had the trailer for for Baldur's Gate at the Game Awards. I saw the Dungeons and Dragons thing under it, and I was like, I did not ever put together that that was a Dungeons and Dragons product yeah. right which i think is really cool to have for have for video games and i think you know taking that world taking that rule set taking that game and finding ways um and, and giving it to developers to like you know be inspired and interpret in their own ways like you look at any fantasy or rpg in general and there's probably some inspiration taken from dungeons, dungeons and dragons for dungeon dungeons and dragons as an ip to be like actually no let's just give them dungeons and dragons to work with that's really smart, and also, also is going to work to their benefit in terms of expanding the tabletop game. And so, I think it makes sense, but also it makes sense for them to, to scale back if they're overcommitted. Because yeah, seven to eight projects, yeah, that seems like a lot. That totally. seems like too much. Like start small and then work your way up. Plus, I don't know what is wrong with me as a human being, mm-hmm. but I was right. It's coming out March third. I don't know how wow. that was in my head there, but it was. I mean, you know, that's what, that's what they, they call you. Uh, release date pop. Release date pop. <laughs> exactly. We got to, why don't you do, you should do the Tim's Fun uh, movie, movie calendar. Release date calendar. I mean, this year, like, I, I know we're already running long. I'm just going to say this really quick. Mm. I have the in-review schedules, like, essentially locked earlier 
than I ever have. Normally, like, there's a lot of holes and stuff. But this year, there are so many movies coming out. Like, you think there's a lot of video games coming out? We're about to hit a point, I think, starting in, like, around late March, that from March through August, pretty much every single week, there's a major movie from a franchise we're already doing for interview. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I saw a graphic floating around on Twitter somewhere that was like, here's all the movies, the exciting movies coming out in 2023. And it was a, it was a very exciting graphic when I looked yeah. at it. So much so that I went and made a Letterboxd. And so you can follow me on Letterboxd at Blessing Jr. Am I going to update it? Who knows? We'll see. But I plan. I, I want to add all the movies I saw. I saw because like I think I think this is the year, Tim. This is the year. This is the year I'm going to start getting more into movies. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And okay. so look out, Roger Ebert. <laughs> look out. Let's write out a threat. <laughs> I mean, can it be? Uh, story <laughs> recipes. Story number six. Uh, he's from Champaign, Illinois. So I, we, you know, we have that camaraderie. Got it. Got yeah, it. that camaraderie. Okay, okay, that's fair. Story number six. Gearbox acquires Captured Dimensions. This comes from a press release. The Gearbox Entertainment Company today announced the acquisition of Captured Dimensions, a Texas-based technology company specializing in 3D capture, scanning, and reconstruction services. A 10-year veteran of the film and video game industry, Captured Dimensions, has worked on some of the most recognizable movies from the likes of 20th Century Fox, Lionsgate, Sony Pictures, Netflix, and several titles from both 2K Games and Electronic Arts. Jordan Williams will continue as its head and report directly to Randy Pitchford, president and founder of Gearbox Entertainment. Quote, We've had the pleasure of working with Jordan and his team at Capture Dimensions on several projects over the years. This deal brings a wealth of talent into the Gearbox family in several key areas, and I'm excited to welcome them, said Sean Heron, Chief Business Officer of the Gearbox Entertainment Company. Quote, this acquisition brings incredible technology into the fold for future projects and enables further expansion of offerings uh, to strategic partners across multiple business units, end quote. Tim, you understand what any of those words? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's always exciting in, in the like least exciting way possible yeah. when like these these different groups are focusing on tech and stuff because it just means the games are going to be better over time and like the, the the my favorite thing to say the learnings that they are gonna get from this I think are going to be be seen in all the projects going forward at a certain point. Mm. We're many years out from that, but eventually it's gonna be really cool. Spice Runner ninety in chat says, "Where's that Borderlands trailer though?" Where is that Borderlands trailer? I forgot that movie was happening. You know what's fucking... Kevin Hart's in that movie. <laughs> Kevin Hart is in that movie. I am right there with you where I would have sworn that movie already came out, but I'm realizing Monster Hunter came out, which is different than Borderlands. Oh, Monster Hunter did come out. But Monster Hunter did come out. I forgot Monster Hunter came out. <laughs> and people hated it, right? Yeah. Wasn't look, there like some insensitive stuff going on? Was that the thing? Oh, they're, they're, yes. It was like a, a, a whole... Anything bad... That could happen for a video game movie. Yeah, yeah. that was Monster Hunter. But that Monster Hunter is the old era of video game movies. Mm. It's Usher in the new. You, you think Borderlands is going to be part of the new era? No, I don't. Borderlands, I think, is very much on the old side. I forget. Chat, let me I know if I'm wrong. wrong. I, I think for sure that this is not the case, but is the, is the Rock in the Borderlands movie? Because if so, this you're, Borderlands movie is going to be off the chain. You're just thinking of <laughs> Kevin Hart. <laughs> if, if, if Borderlands is one of those Kevin Hart, The Rock collaboration movies, oh, it's going to be movie of the year, baby. Let's go. That in my, in my Twisted Metal oh, so featuring Falcon or Captain America, I should say. Let's go. Tim. Yes. I'm so excited for the first trailer of the Borderlands movie to finally release. But mm -hmm. that day seems so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Somebody in chat said Rock is not in it, but Janina is, which is very exciting, actually. It is exciting. You know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna keep my hopes up. Number one, Borderlands movie fan. Blessing <laughs> at AOA Jr. Roger Ebert, up. watch your back. <laughs> Roger Ebert, you watch out. Roger. <laughs> if your name's Roger, Roger Ebert, Roger McCorney, I don't care. I'm coming after you. Uh, out today, we got nothing. There's nothing out today. It's the Damn. first week of January. It's a Wednesday. There's nothing coming out. But we do have some new dates for you. The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow is coming to Nintendo Switch on January 25th. And then Apex Legends Spellbound Collection event is happening from January 10th to January 24th. Deal of the day for you, there's a Yakuza sale on U the United States PSN. Uh, Yakuza 0 is 4 bucks. Uh, Yakuza Remaster Collection is $13.99. Yakuza 6 is $3.99. Like a Dragon is $17.99. And also, those games are all on PS Plus slash Premium slash Game Pass. And so, if you have those services, you can play it right now without an extra dime. Tim, mm -hmm. now it's time for Reader Mail. Uh, you can write in 
to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to get your questions read on the show. We got, a, we got quite a few questions for you. Let's start off with Christian Buckley, a.k.a. Chun2D2. But I'm just going to call Christian Get Buck <laughs> Buckley. Uh, Christian writes in and says, Hey, gang, between Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and Final Fantasy XVI, which are you more excited for and why? I love Seven Remake and how weird they got. Uh, I just I just have absurdly high expectations for following through and committing to that boldness. Right now, Sixteen is doing everything right for me, though, or doing everything right for me though, and definitely has more of my interest. Where do you both land on this? Keep crushing it. <laughs> holidays are almost here. I guess this is written in before the holidays. Uh, Christian, get Buck Buckley. What What's your answer? Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. Um, I think that's kind of the easy answer, just because I, I Final Fantasy Seven is more of a known quantity. Uh, quantity and coming off of final fantasy 7 uh remake i'm just I, i'm antsy for more right i just want more of that world also coming off of crisis core like i'm i'm, I'm in a state of hype right now for final final fantasy 7 rebirth i want to know i want to hang out with sephiroth right okay. like i, I want to see how they go about possibly possibly going the open world direction if they do go in open world direction with it like there's so many questions to be answered with that game both narratively and gameplay wise that uh i could i I'm, I, I can't wait for it Final Fantasy 16, though, I'm also excited for. So, yeah. But 7 Rebirth, for me, is just way above it in terms of excitement. What about you? I mean, yeah, come on. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is, like, such a slam dunk answer for everything you just said. But also, at the end of the day, I, I know this isn't a popular thing to say, but it is a fact about myself. I like franchises. I like investing in things and then getting more of those things. Mm. So uh, being invested in the Final Fantasy 7 ethos and everything for as long as I have been and for how damn good Remake was – Oh, man, I can't wait to see where they're going with this. The trailer for Rebirth looks absolutely incredible. They're, like, throwing things out there that I'm like, what are you doing? I can't wait to get the answer to that. I'm excited for 16, but at the end of the day, for as many amazing trailers as 16's had that I'm like, holy shit, they're doing some really, really cool things, and they're focusing on stuff that I really love from Final Fantasy, I've never loved the fantasy side. I've never loved that medieval look of mm -hmm. things. Like, I'm way more into the, the future style. Um, and 16 is doing that. Like, what, the main character's name is, like, Clive or some shit? Like, that is the type of thing to me. I'm like, I struggle to get excited for that. But the thing that keeps me going is that the soundtrack sounds like a banger after banger so far, which matters a lot to me. Yep. Um, it looks hype as hell, which matters a lot to me. It seems really based on the summons, which I think are one of the cooler parts of Final Fantasy lore. And I love the, like, battle system that they have between uh, the, the, the summons going on. That seems super cool. The icons. The icons, which is, come the fuck yeah. on. What a tight-ass name for that. Um, but the biggest thing is the fact that the story is from the Final Fantasy fourteen team, which is probably the this the media that i'm most jealous of not being a part of oh i feel that in yeah. all of media yeah no, i 100 percent feel that speaking of soundtrack though uh edu writes in and says how important is a game soundtrack to your overall experience and i like this question because for me it's actually very high i mean it's to me it's make or break yeah like i i, I look at my list of my top whatever video games and what all of them have in common is a banger soundtrack right? yeah. like persona's up there the zelda games are, are up there undertale's up there Nier's up there right like these are all games that probably carry some of my favorite pokemon's up there all these games carry some of my favorite soundtracks and i think soundtracks i'm with you that like oftentimes they can be make or break in a game for me like uh, i don't want to ruin the games cast we did but like one of the categories we did is best style which is music plus visuals right and one of the games that came up was Sifu, and Sifu was like one that I was debating back and forth for myself: of, Am I going to put it in, up in that best style, or like is it going to be like a runner-up or whatever? And I ended up not having it there, based on like the soundtrack. I don't think living up as much as I wanted it to live up for that game. Like the soundtrack was the one thing where I was like, oh, I think this could be turned up more. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I just did, this, did the Sifu so, soundtrack I, do it for I, you, dude? I love it, man. I, I I I loved the the stylings of it. I mean, dude, you add trap elements too more uh traditional sounds i'm always going to be in and i think that they they nailed that mm. um but i mean I, i'm with you to the extent that i wouldn't ever name the soundtrack as one of my favorite parts of sifu yeah so and i and and this is into the fall of sifu right this is more so me and my taste yeah i feel like it should have been like mm. yeah. if sifu soundtrack was like a 10 out of 10 soundtrack that game would be one of my favorite games ever and it's still up there like i still fucking love sifu more, more than most games last year but um i think that extends to pretty much any game i game i play where if the soundtrack isn't bringing it, then it's tough for me to fall all the way in love with it, right? Like, a soundtrack for me is the, is the thing that, that I take with me. It's the thing that I remember the most. It's the thing that, like, even for... It, I, I talk about uh, Blood and Truth a lot as a video game, right? That was a VR game that, that came from Sony London. And 
it's kind of a random like it's not random, but it's it's a little bit of a deep cut of a PlayStation game. Mm-hmm. But the reason why that game sticks out to me so much is the soundtrack is such a banger for that game. The soundtrack is basically if you took like a movie uh, thriller score and combined it with UK grime rap, and it's actually really fire. I have the vinyls. I have like there's like two vinyls that they have for that game. I have both of them, uh, and I love going back and listening to that soundtrack all the time. Like soundtracks, I think as, for me, soundtracks make a game can make a game way more memorable than even just the the gameplay and narrative. Yeah. I mean, it's not a surprise to anybody that's been listening to me talk ever, honestly. I love music. I love soundtracks. I love the way that music can kind of forever tie emotional feelings and and moments to your memory that you hear a song and it takes you back to whatever that experience was, whether it's watching a movie, a TV show, playing a game, all those things. And um, I always i love video game soundtracks and they they enhance the experience so much for me where i look at things um like mandalorian season two's final episode when the return happens and it's one of my favorite favorite moments ever and a song played and i remember the first time it played i was like oh man i wish they used one of like the classic star wars songs i wish that it was like more identifiable more of like whatever now looking back on it i'm so happy they didn't because now there's a new song Mm. that will forever mean so much to me when i hear it and it is also incredible and amazing um and last thing i'll say about this is you talking about the soundtrack if it was better like will it make or break and all this stuff like death note the anime incredible the soundtrack adds so much to the emotion and vibe and intensity of that show and what makes it special that if you take that out the premise is goofy and it can be really bad and i'm willing to bet that if you take the death note anime soundtrack and replace the shitty soundtrack that the the bad netflix movie yeah had it would be points better out of 10 it still wouldn't be great but i think that it would be so much better just with the music just uh kevin we're hearing like an echo uh, kevin, just so yeah. you know sorry about that yeah. no problem two seconds there we go real quick question mm-hmm. could you name your top three so- video game soundtracks off the top of your head no <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's 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 way too hard like I, I made a, I, I made like a, like a playlist of my favorite video game soundtracks uh, last year, and like it's like it's like a list of, like thirty games on here. But I'm looking through them, and I'm like, God damn, video game music compared to other for types of media, might be my favorite form of like aside from like just straight up music, but like, might be my favorite form of like music, right? Compared to let's say movies and TV, just in terms of I look through my list and it's like Undertale, Near, P- uh, Persona Five Royal. Zelda Breath of the Wild, Celeste, Donkey Kong Country 2, and like, like Shadow of the Colossus. Like, all these things sound dynamically different, right? Like, you got, um, uh, like, 16-bit b- b- music in there. You got, like, orchestral stuff. You got pop music. And, like, video games capture music so differently, but also, I think, a lot better uh, in some ways, or at least, like, a lot more distinctly than um, other mediums in a way where I'm, like, shout out, shout out to video game music. Like, yeah, I just fucking you love know, what I think uh, is a big part of that is... I think beauty comes from restrictions and rules sometimes where it's the constraints of you don't have the fanciest camera to go shoot something. So that creates like, oh, you just need to be creative. Yeah. Your, your, your creativity needs to speak for itself over the production value or whatever the hell it is. When you have no creativity, you just need production value. Um, kind of funny. Uh, but the, uh, when it comes to video game music, because they often, and now they're getting more and more people that can do this, when you can't have full orchestras, when you are limited by the chipset of the NES, you need to work around the fact that you can only have three sounds going at any one time. Yeah. Other music doesn't have that type of restriction, and I think that that creates very beautiful things that are unique and so varied, like you're saying, where mm-hmm. they can sound completely different even if they're using the exact same rule set. Tim, I got one more question for, uh, for you from kindoffunny.com slash kfgd. Uh, Shiv Nanda writes in and says, what's the 2022 game slash game opinion you're willing to die on the hill for? Mine is that Overwatch 2 is a banger of a free-to-play game and Horizon 1 is better than Horizon 2 in lore and storytelling. What is your 2022 game opinion that you're willing to die on a hill on? Or die on a hill for? Oh, I want a hot take and I, don't, I can't really like come up with any movie wise avatar is a great franchise that's something i'll wow. fucking die I, I got into a fight last night and i realized <laughs> i'm like why why at what point did i become the avatar defender guy and i was like i was born this way it's okay mm. i'll die on the hill it's fine wow. i mean mine might be the opposite overwatch opinion 
that Overwatch Two was just a, it was a d- disappointment for me. I don't know if I'll Mike check, Mike check. Uh, I just heard Mike all of a sudden. Wait, is Mike even here? Did he get his haircut? Did he finish his haircut? Uh, yeah, give me one second. Let me go. I'm gonna. I mean, you guys can keep going. That shouldn't have come through. Give me... No, do your thing. Do your thing. Um, I don't know if I'll die on that Overwatch opinion, like Don that Don the Hill for that Overwatch opinion. But I definitely have that opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have an opinion. Uh... <laughs> last last gaming show was that God. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of like what what I strongly feel like. I feel like 2022 didn't have anything that like I was an, a mega outlier on. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to think too. Like I was like, did I was I an outlier or anything? Like what did I? Oh, stray, yeah, stray being fine. That that's the that's the opinion I'll down mm, the hill for. Mm. Stray was fine. It was it was amazing. It was incredible. It was cool. It was a fine video game. Yeah, yeah, that's where I stand. Yeah, you stand in a good place. Tim, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. You write in, let us know what we got wrong as you got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Turtle Colonel <laughs> writes in and says, <laughs> the first episode of The Last of Us is confirmed to be an hour and 25 minutes long. Awesome. Wow. That's a movie, dude. Dude. Let's go. Dude. For the beginning of that game. <laughs> I, I cannot wait. That portion... That has to only be like 15 minutes, right? 10 minutes? Uh, that's, that's not going to be the whole episode. I mean, I, I would imagine, because again, you got to remember, this isn't a video game. Yeah. This is a TV show that they're trying to get people in. I think that they're gonna, we're going to get a lot more of the dynamic before they break our hearts. You think so? I, I think I, so. I think that'd be the good move creatively. But also, I'm like, there's nine episodes of this thing, and there's a lot to cover in terms of time passage in The Last of Us. And so I wonder how they're going to pace it. I think that's probably the one big challenge of uh, turning into a TV show. But yeah, I'm excited. I, to see. I think it's going to be closer to 40, 40 to 50. You minutes. think we get 40 to 50 minutes of that first part of the last list? Dude, if the first episode is an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because that's my favorite part of the last list. Uh, of course, tomorrow's host for kind of funny games. Day they're going to be. It says me and Tim, but I think it might be me and Greg, because Greg is working from home today, because it's raining <laughs> in the Bay Area, and he's trying to stay safe. Uh, and so look forward, either way, to me being on the show tomorrow with either Tim or Greg. If you're watching this live right now, after this, is VR day with Mike, Nick, and Andy. Will I join them? The answer is likely. Uh, you can catch <laughs> that later. Or you can catch that, of course, you can catch that now on, a, on YouTube. Go to the other link, watch it there. Or on Twitch, go to Twitch, watch it there. Or you can catch it later on YouTube.com slash Games. Remember this. It's been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every day live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news that you need to know about. Until next time, game daily. <laughs>